I want to do something, and, and I didn't make this up, but I like to do this. I'm going to say something, then I'm going to have you say something. But we're going to practice it because I don't want you to look dumb. <laughs> you ever been in one of those settings before and you didn't know what they were doing and then you kind of hopped in later and you looked dumb? Well, I have. So I want, I want to. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to say he is risen. And then I want you to declare he is risen indeed. Okay. So I'm going to say he is risen. You're going to say he is risen indeed. And I want you to do it with a little bit of oomph this morning. Amen. He is risen. He is risen. Amen. And that's what we're going to talk about and share this morning. One Sunday morning, the greatest single event in human history took place. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Uh, Some studies show that in the last few years, approximately 60% of the American population uh, attended church on Easter. And I think that's awesome. And some people only come Christmas and some only come Easter and some do both. I wish you'd come more because I miss you. But, uh, and there's so much more for you. But I am just so glad and honored that you're here today. And I believe this, that if you're here today, it means because you know something, you honor something about a risen Savior. And I'm glad that you're here. Well, the study showed that about 60% of the population attended, but only about a quarter of them 25% really knew what that was about, what Easter was fully about. So that's part of what we're going to delve into today so that you leave here today 100% knowing what this is about. And I'm believing for some real life change, not for one of you, not for two of you, but for all of us here today. I mean, even know that sometimes we can learn some things from children. I heard about a Sunday school class of four-year-olds and the teacher on Palm Sunday is talking to them and she says, class, how many of you know what Palm Sunday is all about? And this little girl, her hand shot just right up. How many of you know that little girl? I mean, her hand just shot right up and she goes, yes. And she goes, Palm Sunday is when Jesus rode on a donkey into Jerusalem and they waved palm branches and they said, Hosanna. And she said, that is so good. You're so smart. Good, good job on that. Okay, boys and girls, how many of you know what Easter is all about? Same little girl, hand went right on up. She says, okay. She goes, tell us what Easter is about. Easter is when Jesus rose from the dead and came out of the tomb. And before the teacher could even congratulate her, she kept on going and she goes, but if he sees his shadow, he has to go back in for another (laughs) six weeks. Well, the teacher teacher gave her a moment and she goes, well, that's not, all of that's not quite right. And we'll talk about it. And she says, class, let's move on. And she says, you know, the Bible doesn't really say anything about this, but I've always wondered, I just have wondered what did Jesus say when he came out of the tomb? Little girl's hand shot right back up again. She goes, okay, what do you know what he's, I know what he said when he came out of the tomb. He says, Okay, well, tell us what she said. She said, he came out and he went, ta-da. So that may or may not be true, but I think it's pretty cool. Well, we are a church and a people that believes that Jesus historically, literally, physically rose from the dead. And I want to minister a message to you today I've entitled, Believe It or Not. Believe It or Not. And that's your choice today. And we're going to explore some things today that honestly are a little bit hard to understand, maybe a little hard to believe, but we're going to look at the power of what happens if you do believe, and I want to lead you to that place today. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4, the apostle Paul writes, For what I received, I passed on to you, watch this, as of first importance. First importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the central and essential truth of Christianity and of all that we believe. Without the resurrection, the cross is meaningless. Without the resurrection, uh, this just doesn't make sense to us. Apart from the resurrection, the cross is a tragedy and it's a defeat. But there was a resurrection. I said, but there was a resurrection. And Jesus rose from the dead, giving us victory over sin, over death, and giving us, and this is where I want you to really zero in on this this morning, and giving us the ability to have a meaningful life and the power to live it, believe it or not. As you read through the Gospels and you you look what all was happening around the crucifixion and the resurrection, I was reading the other day in the uh, final chapters of the Gospel of Matthew, and you find a lot of unusual kind of things going on, a little bit hard to explain, just out of the ordinary. When Jesus was on the cross, right about this time of day, noon, it went dark. It went black as midnight. And it stayed that way for three hours. That's unusual. Um, The veil, as they called it, in the temple. It's this huge, massive, floor-to-ceiling, thick, wall-to-wall curtain was suddenly torn from top to bottom. It's unusual. There were earthquakes. Rocks split. People that had been dead came out of their tombs, and you've got to know that they were buried outside of the town. They came out, came out of their tombs and walked into town. And they weren't zombies. And can you imagine that? Can you imagine it for them? They're suddenly alive again? It's like, well, looky there, they built a Starbucks right there. I mean, no, they didn't have Starbucks back then. And can you imagine people running into them, you know, walking along? Uncle Floyd? And so a lot of unusual things. And then Jesus, after the resurrection, he made 11 post-resurrection appearances. This is noteworthy. Every time he appeared, it was only to a believer. To a believer. Listen to me. You want to be a believer. He only appeared to believers, but I've thought about this a lot. I kind of wish he'd appeared to some other folks too. I'm thinking he should have gone to see Caiaphas and Pilate and the high priest and some other people that were involved in his trial and his his, uh, prosecution, persecution, and crucifixion. I kind of wish he'd gone, and even if they were having lunch or meetings behind a locked door, it did not matter to a resurrected Jesus. I think it would have kind of been cool if he kind of just walked in on them. And they turn and look at him and go, what's up? (laughs) And then I think he would have looked at him and said, I told you so. I told you so. Believe it 
or not. They believe then for sure. And that's what's in front of us today is we have some things that are a little bit hard to believe, a little bit hard to explain. And we have to decide to believe it or not. And it matters. You can't just let this go. The foundation of all world religions is someone's teachings. If you've studied world religion, and um, I think you need to be abreast of those things so you kind of know where we stand. But the foundation of all world religions is someone's teaching. There was a teacher. There was a philosopher. There was a prophet. And out of their words, out of their teachings came uh, a movement. And the teachings of Jesus are the greatest teachings I think ever uttered on this planet. And this is the thing you've got to know. And follow me on this, though, because I've had people give me some looks till I finish this statement. The foundation of all world religions is someone's teaching. And Jesus' teachings are the greatest. I mean, our lives are different. My life is different because I follow the teachings of Jesus. My life is better. Things have changed. I won't go back on the teachings of Jesus. But the teachings of Jesus are not the foundation of Christianity. And that's where I usually get some looks. The, the foundation of Christianity is an event. One morning, one event, Jesus Christ rose from the grave. That is the foundation that everything else is built upon. And by rising from the dead, Jesus did a number of things. He verified his identity. He said, who the prophet said I was, I am. Who I told you I am, I am. By rising from the dead, he verified his identity. The other thing he did is he validated his teachings. He proved his teachings true by rising from the dead. And in validating his teachings, guess what else? He validated our faith. And then lastly, what happened in that event is a power was released. And that's what we're going to zero in on today is that power that was released. On that first Easter morning, two women went to his tomb and they found that he was gone. And an angel spoke to them. That's unusual too. And the angel told them, he's not here, he's risen from the dead. Go quickly and tell his disciples that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And they ran and they did that. And the message that they carried that morning is the same message that I present to you today. And it's this message. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Believe it or not. The message is true. The event was real. And someone not believing it does not make it untrue. Did you hear that? To not believe it does not make it untrue. Nor does to believe it make it real. It is what it is. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. You, I, must believe it or not. When I was a little kid growing up, I grew up in Leesburg. That explains my math skills. (laughs) Don't worry about it. They were sending rockets up. They were going to the moon. They walked on the moon for the first time. And I can remember, because we lived central Florida enough, that we could see the plumes of those rockets going up. And I can remember running in and out of the house, looking on TV, four, three, two, one, and watching it go up and then running outside and looking and seeing it and then running back in and then seeing, oh, no, this part came off and, and then going out and seeing it. And then the rest of the afternoon, I'd ride my bike and it was a rocket. 
and watching all of that going on. And there were some people during that time, and, and some of them got even vocal about it, that they did not believe that that happened. They believed that that was all a hoax, that that was produced on some TV soundstage. And I want, I've got news for you. Because they did not believe it did not make it untrue. Nor did those of us that believe it make it real. It just was there. It was real. And so the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you something, is historic and literal and true. But for it to make any difference for us, you're going to have to believe it. Believing the resurrection, this is the key. Believing the resurrection releases the power of the resurrection into your life and into your situations. Got a question for you. Anybody here got situations? And we really need the power of the resurrection. And the connection to that is believing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. The power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, y'all with me this morning? The power was not all used up at the resurrection. This was not just an explosion. This was not just a a fireworks show and there it's over. The power was not used up at the resurrection. The power was released at the resurrection. And the power does not flow from a place. You don't have to go to a certain place for this to happen. The power doesn't flow from a place. The the power flows from an event. And that event, event was the release that raised Jesus from the dead, and that power is still at work in the earth today. Now get this, for the, for the power of the resurrection to mean anything for you, for it to make any difference in your life, you must believe. Let's look at a couple of scriptures here. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, in the Amplified Bible, it says that I, go ahead and say, that's me, that I may in that same way come to know, watch the words carefully, the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it, help me, which it exerts over, help me, believers. For the resurrection to mean anything for you, for it to make any difference in your life, you need to believe. In Ephesians chapter 1, the apostle Paul writes again, I also pray that you, say that's me, that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power, help me, for us who what? Who believe him. Watch carefully. This is the same mighty power that God, that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. For the power of the resurrection to mean anything for you, for it to make any difference in your life, you must believe. You must believe. Now, you might say, well, how can it affect me? How will this affect my life, my situations, me? How will this affect? And I want to address just one thing. It affects a lot of things. But I want to address, actually, it affects everything. I want to cover just one thing this morning. And it's a big common issue, a big common problem, a big common condition that's in people's lives. And it's this, emptiness emptiness. And you know what I'm talking about. I've been in ministry for over 30 years now. And honestly, as I talk to people and see situations, I see more emptiness than I've ever seen before. I think part of it is the lies 
of our culture and our, our economy that tries to tell you if you get this, if you have this, if you know them, if you go there, if you look like this, that will fill your life. And so we end up trying to fill our life with all these other things and people and places and activities, and we end up empty. And by empty, I mean lack of meaning and lack of purpose. And a full life and a busy life is not necessarily a meaningful life. Sometimes we're, we think that for our life to be meaningful, it has to be very full and very busy. And so you know what we do? We sign our kids up for five more things after school. And we sign up for this and we do this and we volunteer for that and we go there and we got to get this. And all those things involve time and everything else. And a busy life and a full life is not a meaningful life. And then some are so busy trying to find something to live on that we miss out that actually what you need is something to live for. In 1 Peter 1.3 in the message paraphrase it says this. Because Jesus, watch this carefully, because Jesus was raised from the dead. Because Jesus was raised from the dead. We, say that's me, we've been given a brand new life, and read it, and have everything to live for. Have everything to live for. And so this emptiness here is filled, it's answered by the resurrection. Jesus gives us a new life, a brand new life, a fresh start. I don't know about you, but from time to time, I need a fresh start. And he gives us that fresh start, and I love this, and he gives us everything to live for. I'm telling you that when you believe the power of the resurrection, part of what it does, it fills that emptiness, and it gives you meaningful life. It gives you something worth living for. There's another aspect of emptiness that I want to look at, and it's this. It's empty, and you have nothing to run on. Nothing to run on. How many of you have ever run out of gas before? Okay, I'll do it this way. How many of you ran out of gas, but you just don't want anybody to know about your embarrassment? <laughs> okay, good. That's better. All right. Well, I'm going to go old school here for a moment. And, uh, you know, you'd have your gauges and you have your gas gauge and there would be an F on the one side and the F means full. And on the other side, you have an E and the E means empty. And there'd be this needle in between. And I wish we had a spiritual dashboard. Don't you wish and could see, whoa, <laughs> better do something quick. But if that needle moves from F, from full, over toward empty, and you let it lean on E long enough, it'll knock E over, and E becomes W, and W means walk. Okay? And the same is true spiritually. Hey, listen, a very, very dear friend of ours, family friend we've known a long time, he reached out to me the other day, lives in another state. He reached out to me and he's going through some stuff. And he is in a hard place. And as we messaged back and forth, he, he told me, he said, Pastor Tim, I'm on E. I'm just running on E. And you know what he needs? And I told him this, you need the power of the resurrection. You need what Jesus can do and he can bring. Not only bring meaning, but to fill you up in this way. Listen, it's to be, this empty means to be low on energy. Low on energy. Not just physically, but in your soul. Do you know what I'm talking about? That you're, you're low on energy in your soul and in your, in your inner person. And when you're low on energy, listen to me. When you're low on energy, little problems become big. And when you're low on energy, God forbid that you have a big problem. And when you're low on energy, you're empty in this way, joy is absent. 
Colors are missing. You're easily overwhelmed. You're easily discouraged. You're easily deceived. And I have to tell you this too. And you're easily destroyed. It's important that you get filled. The resurrection answers this. And in Romans 8.11, in the J.B. Phillips paraphrase, it says this. Watch carefully. Once the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives within you. Say, that's me. He will, by that same spirit, bring to your whole being new strength and vitality. Listen, he died so you could live. But he rose so you don't have to be empty. He rose so that you could have a meaningful life. And he rose so that you could have the power to live it. But you've got to believe it. It happened. It's real. But what taps into the power that is still flowing out from the resurrection, it only makes its way. It only exerts itself over believers. If I were you, I'd make tracks today and become a believer. Can I get an amen in this place today? Now, let's talk about this power for a minute. And I made a little list. I'm going to kind of go through it. And I think you need the power. And here's what the power can do for you. The power will get you through the trauma. Y'all ever been in trauma? The power will get you through drama. The power will get you through tragedy. I'm telling you what, I think it's the older I get and the more centered I get, the more I hurt for the tragedy of people's lives, people you don't even know. But the power will get you through tragedy. The power will get you through a setback. You ever had a setback? The power will get you through something when you're concerned and when you're worried. The power will get you through that time of waiting. Waiting can be agonizing and the power of God will sustain you and get you through. And the power will get you through challenge. Jesus used his power before to turn water into wine. He doesn't have to do that. He now uses that same power power to turn alcohol into shoes and food for children. He can use that same power to turn drugs and gambling into furniture and into electricity to get the lights back on. The power of God can take hate and hopelessness and strife and shock and turn it into peace and sense and order and relief. The power of the resurrection can turn pain and loss into strength and wisdom. The power of the resurrection can turn weakness and wandering into purpose and direction. The power of the resurrection can help you to stop it. And what are you talking about? I think just, every, just about everybody has something that you need to stop it. How many of you know that you have something you need to stop it? Okay, I'll go easy on you. How many of you know there's probably somebody here that needs to stop it? And I'm telling you, I, I hear it from people all the time. Well, I can't help it. I'm just this forever. And, da, da, da. and I'm telling you, what you're lacking, what you're empty of, is the resurrection power. You need to believe that when Jesus was raised from the dead, he destroyed the dominion of sin so that sin no longer has dominion over you. And scripture says that you're no longer obligated to the flesh to fulfill the lust of the flesh. You've been set free from that. You can stop it. The power of the resurrection will also help you to start. It will help you to hope. It will help you to not worry. 
The power of the resurrection in your life will help you to say yes. It'll help you to say no. It'll help you to forgive. It'll help you to rebuild, to be happy, to obey, to overcome, to get over it, and to let it go. He died so you could live. He rose so that you could have a meaningful life and the power to live it. But for the power of the resurrection, resurrection to mean anything for you and to make any difference in your life, you must believe. And I know this is a little hard to believe. I know some of these things are unusual and hard to explain. And that's clouded by centuries of people that have tried to explain this away. I actually spent the last part of the last couple of weeks really debating on coming out and answering and throwing down all the theories and conspiracies that try to, to explain away the resurrection. I thought we need to come out and refute those things that, that get passed around so easy. And then one, another time we'll do it. But I felt like the Lord put, put this in my heart. Instead of passing on what the naysayers are saying, I should pass on to you what the yaysayer is saying about the resurrection. That's what we're looking at today. Tertullian, born in 160 AD. Anybody go to school with him? 160 AD, he died in 230 AD. He was a philosopher, a thinker, a writer, a theologian. He's called the the father of Western theology. He said this of the resurrection, it is by all means to be believed because it is absurd. It's hard to believe. You can't explain this. You can't figure this out. This is a big one. It's too big. We need to believe. And let me talk to you that are already believers. You've already stepped across the line. You said, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. He is the son of God. He's raised from the, from the dead. His word is true. And he's living, he's active in my life. And one day I'll spend eternity with him. I want to talk to you for a moment. Because we're living in a pretty crazy world. And it's important that you not just be a Christian. It's important that you not just say, well, I have believed. It's important that you are present, present and active now a believer. You need to present and actively now be believing. That's what keeps the power of the resurrection. You don't need to when it's 3.30 in the morning and your baby wakes up with a fever. You don't need to go be looking for your faith at that point. You need to have your faith. You need to be believing and have the power of the resurrection in your life. When you get that bad news on the, on the phone or in the mail or whatever, or, or this challenge comes up or suddenly this changes in your path, you need to be a believer. And not say, well, I've got to go back and find the, the faith of my childhood. No, you need to be walking in the power of the resurrection. It will give you meaningful life and it will give you the power to live that life. And one other thing to believers. Believers, stop being so afraid and intimidated by a skeptical world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And God's truth will endure. Everybody will see one day. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Everybody will see that he's the risen Savior. You see it now. You believe it now because you stepped over that line and said, I believe. And my encouragement to you today is be a believer. Day in and day out, be a believer. In these last few moments, let me just talk to those of you that you're not sure yet. I'm not trying to feed you some religious junk or folklore. I'm not trying to pass on to you some kind of sentimental, mindless fluff or give you some emotional crutch. Here's all I'm trying to do. 
I'm trying to get you to step across the line. I'm saying, come on, it's better on this side of the line for you to believe, for you to believe that God would help you. I'm inviting you to do that. To believe is a choice. Don't be waiting for some kind of feeling or goosebumps. And now I'll believe. You don't want to have a decision made on that. It's a choice. You know, when Jesus was crucified, and the Romans were so fastidious about this, that there was a a criminal, a thief, crucified on either side of Jesus. And they were probably equally close, their crosses. They were very detailed about that. And at the end of that day, you know what? One of those thieves was a believer and the other one was not. You know what that speaks to? The gift and the power of choice. And for you to believe, and that's, that's what's before us today, believe it or not, you've got a choice. Now I've laid it out in front of you that there's a real deal event And for it to mean anything into your life, you're going to need to step across that line and say, I believe. You don't have to wait until you get it all figured out. Because guess what? I've been in this a long, long time and I don't have it all figured out. But there's a joy and there's a peace that scripture says that comes from believing. And you'd say, well, pastor, I, I think I want to believe. And I sure need the help, that power. Pastor Tim, can you give me just a little proof, just a little proof? And I'd say to you, I think I can. I think I can. As a matter of fact, I think some of the proof of what I'm talking about is sitting not too far from you right now. So what I want to do real quick, I'm looking for proof here. If what I've said is true, if, if when you believe, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life and you believe that he's raised from the dead and that there is a power flowing from the resurrection and it makes a difference in your life. If that's you, if you're... You're a believer and it's made a difference. And I'm not talking about you had a little, a little headache on a Tuesday afternoon and it went away. Now I'm talking about some stuff. You know what I'm talking about. You've been through, through some crud, through some pains, through some dark places. And God not only brought you out and sustained you, but he brought you out to a better place. And the whole time, no matter what was going on, you knew that you were never alone and you're never without help. I'm looking for some proof today. Is there anybody at all here today that can testify that, that he has done that? your proof there's your proof hallelujah you may be seated real quick I didn't make anybody stand up that's living proof right there that when you believe God will give you a meaningful life and the power to live it I believe that God brought you here to Meadowbrook Church on Easter for this service and for this message, every one of you. And I challenge you to step across that line today and to believe. He died so that you could live. He rose so that you could have a meaningful life and the power to live it. Do you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Now, real quick, I'm not going to take long on this. I know you got Easter egg hunts hams to carve, all kinds of stuff. But just real quick, I really wrestled, I prayed the last couple weeks, how do I close this service? 
I don't want to just do what we do. And, and in preacher world and church world, there's blogs and posts and different things on how many people they had come forward on Easter and all of that. And, and I rejoice with that because, you know, what? I want everybody that I know, as many as we can count, to make a decision and, and follow God, have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. But today I just am constrained in my heart to do something a little bit different. Because what, I, what you've got to do is make a choice. Some of you to renew your relationship with God through Jesus and others of you to begin a relationship with God through Jesus. That's a choice. It's a decision. And if I, if we whip up something and you make an emotional decision or I pressure you into a decision, we're going to sing this song 90 times until you come. You know, if, if you're pushed into an emotional or pressures decision, it won't last. I don't know if this will be on anybody's blogs or posts or lists or anything else, but it'll be in the, in the book of life in heaven. I want you to make a decision that lasts. I want you to start something in your heart and in your mind today. I want you to make a decision. I'm going to step over that line and I'm going to believe. And it starts with this, that I accept it. I can't, I can't explain it all. I can't. I, I can't explain it all. But I believe. And God shows up and God is real in my life. And and I'm asking you to step over that line. And first of all, just to accept that, to believe. But then after that, it needs to turn into not just I've accepted it. It needs to turn into relationship. So how do we start this? I'm going to start it with prayer. I just am going to, we're going to close the service in a moment. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you'll connect your heart and your mind and accept and step over that line and declare to God, I believe. And then we're going to dismiss. And after we dismiss, I'm going to have pastors and leaders all across the front. And this is what I want you to do because it's a relationship and it's a huge decision. I just want you to come tell somebody. Come up and tell one of them. I made a decision. Starting a relationship with God through Jesus. I believe. Or maybe for some of you, I've got to renew that. Come tell somebody. Give them a minute to congratulate you. Say a quick prayer with you. We got a book that we want to give you and then you'll be on your way, but it's a relationship. So if you start a relationship with Jesus, guess what? You're still going to be in a relationship with him in a week. And so next Sunday, you're going to say, Hey, Jesus, what do you want to do? He's going to say, let's go to church. And I want you to come because you got to grow in this. And we do everything we can to make church life-giving for you. And we'll love you. We'll accept you. We'll feed you spiritually. (laughs) We'll encourage you. And we'll treat you like family. And next week, I'm going to begin a series too. and, And I'm so looking forward to this. It's called Pray for Change. I want to teach you how, out of God's word, how simple and how powerful this actually is. To connect you with God's power and get some answers in your life. God gave us this vehicle, this tool of prayer. And we're going to look at it in a whole fresh new way. And it's going to be a powerful thing. Make sure you come back for that. That would be a good thing to come back for. But we're going to close with this. I want to pray with you. I want to lead you in a prayer. Would you all stand up with me real quick? And this is your moment. Believe it or not. I pray you'll step across the line. Pray with me right now. Father God, I come to you now. 
in the name of Jesus, who loved me, gave himself for me. Jesus, who died for me and was raised from the dead. I believe. I don't understand it all, but I believe. Help me to grow in relationship with you. And by the blood of Jesus that was shed for me, forgive me right now of every sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me brand new. And now fill me with your peace, with your joy, with the Holy Spirit, and with the assurance that you'll never leave me and you'll never forsake me. I believe. And I thank you, Lord, now by the power of the resurrection that you give me a meaningful life and the power to live it. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm going to dismiss in just a moment. Really, if you prayed that prayer to, re- to renew that relationship with God or to start it, please. And, and pastors and leaders, go ahead and come on up here. They'll be up here. Come tell them. Just take the moment to do it. You'll be glad you did it. Hey, listen, thank you for coming. Happy Easter. He is risen. God bless you. You are dismissed.